Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. to our podcast can you feel the podcast tonight be prepared i just can't wait to record (laughs) you know i thought i thought it was just gonna be low-hanging fruit until you went for the whole three (laughs) well they were all there and they were just so prime for the taking i liked it you just had to had to make them all yeah i dig it (laughs) all right so welcome to making a disney fan podcast I am your host, Zachary, and my other co-hosts are here, and there's Sarah. Hello. Now, me and Brandon discussed this a second ago. Uh, we are making you yep. Zazu. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Brandon, you want to say the reasons? Uh, I think we settled on he is very loyal and he's proud and he's very goal like in, oriented and detail driven. Mm-hmm. Okay, that reminds I'll us take of that. You. Not because of the bossiness. <laughs> nope. No, actually, I didn't mm. even think that he was bossy. Oh, he's definitely bossy. I think Zazu. Like, I'll I'll get to it, but like, people don't treat Zazu right. <laughs> oh, I agree. But... Well, do they treat any Rowan Atkinson's he's... character right? I don't know, man. Mr. Bean gets away with everything. <laughs> That's true. All right. Yeah. So, as also mentioned, there is my co-host, Brandon. Um, I am thinking Timon. Oh. Uh, I just, you know, you're always quick with a good a, a good comeback, and you're also you're also loyal, and. Yeah, you're just a good friend in, in when it comes down to it. Yeah, I'll take that. That's you know, good. That's th- good. throw in the comedic timing of Nathan Lane, and you're. I don't think I have yeah. half the comedic timing of Nathan Lane. <laughs> this entire co- film's comedy rests on the shoulders of Nathan Lane. Pretty much. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I literally just watched like Birdcage for the first time a little bit ago, and it's just the funniest thing ever i've been meaning to show madison the birdcage yeah. like i've watched it once a long time ago but i really liked it mm-hmm. all right now it's your guys's turn to pick it. or sarah did you have a different character for brandon i didn't have a different character for brandon but i have a two in one sort of thing um because i am assigning you two Timon and Pumbaa, uh, Brandon. Okay, Timon, that's fair. See, I was kind of thinking that because I definitely can be very obtuse and oblivious at times. Yeah. So. I mean, I wasn't going to phrase it that way, <laughs> um, but you're goofy also. Yeah. And that's where I was going. And you guys are like fun buddies, mm-hmm. yeah. good to each other, take care to of each honest, other. To be honest, I would have given so. Zach Timon as well. That's why I thought it was so funny you gave me Timon. <laughs> I gave Zach Pumbaa, I gave you Timon. You gave me Timon as well? Yeah. Yeah. How 
How yeah, you're you're the talker between us. I mean, granted, our physical appearances are more you, Pumba and me, Timon. Obviously, I'm I'm you know skinny as a as a beans pole. Yeah. But... Okay. Honestly, your face kind of looks like Timon's too. Not in a bad way. I went. You guys are both adorable. I so. went because of look and energy. That's why I thought Zach would be oh, Timon. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, personality no, wise though yeah yeah i could see that you guys could just be timon and pumba interchangeably just interchangeably depends on you the know day what? I, okay i'll i'll take it i'll take it <laughs> that's funny all right for those of you who clearly haven't been listening until this point uh we are doing our 11th episode on the lion king episode 11, 11 already Oh, yeah, we're I was at thinking 11. only 11. It feels like we've done so many more than that. <laughs> well, no, there's no, been a couple are... specials. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I'm the only one that's in every single episode so far. Dump, that dump, is, that dump. is true. Yeah, that's... Hmm. Wow. Wow. That's a, <laughs> that's a thought. <laughs> you guys were right. I am loyal. Just yeah. you guys up here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do have that other... that. Uh, Zach's rants episode, but that's just me ranting by, by myself. Yeah. So you can't exactly be a part of that one. Yeah, I don't know that's when to release that one. That's not our podcast, though. <laughs> uh. I'm saying this podcast. I'm in every episode. Okay. Every episode, yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to move on to our memories slash Daisy's reactions uh, to this. So, Sarah. Uh, Daisy didn't watch this with me <gasps> but has so, she seen this one before ah uh, when she was really little like a baby like oh. before she w- paid attention because when she was a little baby i watched all the disney movies with her uh um, mm, like all the classics she didn't yeah pay attention but she didn't have full yeah. cognitive abilities at that exactly point. i think she probably liked the music but um i'd <laughs> mm-hmm. have to rewatch it with her again and then i unsurprisingly have no memories other than Rewatching it in 3D in theaters, and that was amazing, and it yeah. made me cry because mm. it was so good. So, yeah, classic. I don't think I watched that one in 3D. No. Oh, it was awesome. I saw it in Winnipeg at Polo Park. It was surprisingly mm. good. I think I also well, was the... at Polo Park. Yeah. <laughs> well, I yeah. was at Booth then, so yeah. Yeah. It makes probably sense. Then. You probably, I, th- you only didn't come, like we only didn't overlap for a year. Right? Yeah. You came in my second year. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, would make sense. I didn't know I didn't go with booth people. I went with my boyfriend at the time, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, uh, Brandon. Um, uh, you have memories of this film? I do, because it is. Yeah. <laughs> this it is, is a bona fide masterpiece yeah pretty much this is probably like the one of the disney films that i am like in no way a newbie of um (laughs) i've seen this movie quite a bit it was one of my favorites as a kid i think it just comes down to like the manliness of like lions fighting i just loved it as a kid and it gets like kind of violent at the end and like yeah. you know i didn't take long to graduate into like hbo and horror movies so like the violence for me was always pretty cool as a kid um but yeah i watched it a lot as a kid and then didn't watch it for a long time obviously i grew up i don't watch cartoons except for this pretty much um 
but I did go see yeah the 3D re-release in theaters. Just I just thought it would be interesting. They took a 2D animated film and 3D like post edited it, and it blew me away. Like it was it was great. That's like if I got one Lion King memory, it's the 3D re-release based on like. I'll get to it, but like just based on the Mufasa death scene alone in the 3D release, mm. it, yeah, that's my Lion King memory. Nice. <laughs> Blows Avatar out of the park. You know, I don't actually remember how great Avatar was in theaters. I showed up like an hour early and refilled my large drink three times before going in the movie. And then I drank it and then realized I had to pee like 45 minutes in, but I do not get up during movies. So like, I remembered the story. I remembered everything, but like thinking back on it, the only thing I can remember about that theater experience is like, I need to pee and there's two and a half more hours in this movie. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'd say, yeah, better experience than Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I opened up that, you know, wonderful can of worms yeah (laughs) all right so my memories um i'm i'm trying to to gauge whether or not i saw this one in theaters because this was 94 Mm. i would have been four years old so i don't remember specifically seeing this one in theaters i think my parents might have taken me to this one Mm. um i definitely remember the vhs because that because i mean what kid didn't have the VHS of this in the mid nineties. Yeah, I yeah. definitely. Did. I mean, we we even covered this in our Toy Story episode when they were singing Hakuna Matata. It was yeah. just like that was nineteen ninety five. Every kid was listening to Lion King. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I Lion King has never really exited my memories. Like it's always been played. I have the I got the DVD and Blu Ray of it i even on my kid's door i have the um, i don't know if you guys ever remember those um wood posters wood uh, posters yeah like uh it's about a poster that's like yay big that's essentially like a panel like, like those live laugh love signs not quite no it's just literally like a poster but it's on like a piece of wood i don't oh. know yeah i have no idea what we're talking about I, I remember, I don't know, I just remember one of my friends having it when I was a kid, and I found one at a, either a garage sale or a thrift store, and yeah. So now it's on my kid's door, and it's of uh, Mufasa with Simba going over his head and, like, almost nibbling his ear or something. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, my kid's door. There's Lion King right there. <laughs> That's cool. It's never really exited. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um... I also remember when I was a kid laughing hysterically always at the climax of the film. Like the like, like Scar Dying climax? No. <laughs> no, not that not the absolute climax, but like the action packed climax with like the sidekicks fighting. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a great scene. But well, yeah, y- you would especially in- enjoy it now with the uh, sheer amount of film references that are in it. It's quite a few, yeah. All right, so one, I'm going to do one quick thing. Okay. Can we name how many film references are in that in that part? In that Not sequence? Not off the top of my head. Yeah, I definitely couldn't do it off the top of my head. I'd like have to watch it again. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Okay, uh, this is just me off the top of my head. Like again, I I didn't actually watch this yeah. yesterday or any or anything. Um, Rafiki is doing Bruce Lee. Yes. Like Enter the Dragon. Yeah. Um, and then the biggest film references are is from Pumbaa's little speech. Yeah. Where he does like Taxi Driver. Yeah. And in the heat of the night, <laughs> they call me at Mr. the same Pig. time. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It's just like. Oh my goodness. And then I guess they do like a football chant afterwards after they scare the hyenas off. Yeah. And it's just like, ah, I love that. It is a good scene. But it's just, yeah, like, but I've seen In the Heat of the Night now and it's just like, yeah, that film reference was old then. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And it's, but it still works. Yeah. Somehow. (laughs) All right, uh, so now that we've done our memories, we're going to move on to Brandon for our new and improved newbie recap. New and improved, yeah. All right, guys, what's up? It's your boy here talking about The Lion King, obviously. Um, first off, I just want to praise the casting, really. Uh, mm. There's some great voices in this. I'm a huge fan oh, of yeah. Childish Gambino. Donald Glover is great. Um, I think Beyonce really killed it as Nala. <laughs> You're making me throw up. Yeah, I know. Okay. Um, anyway, it's the Lion King. If you haven't seen it, it's basically Hamlet with cats. Um, but there's a lot of good in it. Um, the first thing the Lion King's got going for it is it's basically like epic scenery. Like it's epic scenery. Like we see it straight off the hop like that opening is epic and every single kid at one point tried to sing the song but didn't know the words yeah like it's just classic everyone knows the lion king so like it's it's just beautiful to look at it's better than some of the other like ones like i think it looks a lot better than beauty and the beast like even comparing it to the same it's beautiful no argument you throw in the the artistic the artistic stylings and trying to encapsulate the heart of Africa yeah. as opposed to um, uh, Neolithic Baroque France. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. I love in the Lion King one and a half when Timon and Pumbaa sing along and they're like, "What's on the menu?" Yeah, I think that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do really like Lion King one and a half actually. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so cast is great. Like. Matthew Broderick <laughs> and amazing. Yeah. Everyone else. James Earl Jones first off mm-hmm. is the best. Mm-hmm. He's really like the crux of the whole film. James Earl Jones. Oh yeah. The thing I find funny about Matthew Broderick being in this film is that he never gets to sing. And yet I know that he can sing because he's yeah. done Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is kind of weird. Who did they dub him over with? Are we going to go over that later? No, I don't know. Um, I didn't. It's not see not that anybody I know. He's oh, yeah. I've but it's just not Matthew Broderick. Yeah, I don't know why that's a like thing. I used. Yeah, because I know he did the producers. Yeah, yeah, with Nathan Lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So first thing I noticed, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Everyone is addicted to Zazu. Yeah. Literally everyone. Like, what has he done except wow. Mufasa? Mufasa, does he? I feel like Mufasa also kind of like 
just dismisses him he... and orders him around and stuff. I think he well, here's here's the thing to consider. Um he he sends well, I guess he does send Zazu to get Scar, and Scar being Scar, that's a, not an easy job. No, but like, yeah, I don't mm. know. I just feel like everyone treats Zazu poorly, and oh, yeah. it like it makes sense to me why he's like such an a hole to everyone else, or why he's so snarky. Yeah, like, and grumpy. Like it makes sense. Like nobody treats this bird cool. Scar locks yeah. him mm-hmm. in a rib cage. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I just like. I feel love for Zazu after this like watch of it because like man, nobody mm. treats Zazu nice. Yeah. Um, Scar as a villain. I used to really like Scar as a villain, because probably because like I just equate it to like manly lion fighting. Like the reason why I liked sure. it as a kid, but really like he's not really that like intense. Like he's not like your like typical masculine like Gaston villain like. He's mm-hmm. kind of just or, like a dramatic little like teenager almost. He's entitled? Just, entitled, yeah. Like he's just it's weird. He's a lot more subtle of a villain than in like other films, I guess. Like compared to Gaston. Like Gaston is just I'm a I'm well, Gaston. Well that's also <laughs> the the Shakespearean angle of it. Yeah. It it just it makes him for like a good villain, but he's not as dominant as I think like remember him as i think is what i'm trying to say like, yeah i think i like well I, if he was dominant he'd be mufasa well exactly and like they have that whole thing <laughs> like um he goes into that like yeah if i had you got the strength if i got the intelligence like if i was your size like i'd be like king and stuff and like you know what at the end of the day like scar isn't actually like the worst villain in the world like he's kind of got a point like mufasa doesn't treat him nice He's even, like, no. extra skinny. Like, you can see in the animation, he's a lot smaller than him, which means he's not eating the way Mufasa is. So, like, he's obviously, mm-hmm. like, like withholding food from his own brother. So, like, he's he's got, he's got a point in the end. Like, he's not... But he's just... Yeah. He's got a point, but he goes about it in weird ways. Yeah. Um, like, people always put Scar so high up in the villain uh, rankings and... He's not for me. No, like, I, I realized that this time around. Because, yeah, he's just, he's not as dominant as I thought he was. Like, even when he gets into power, mm-hmm. he gets in power into power with the hyenas. And then he just doesn't do anything. He starves the whole pride land. So, like, yeah. I just, yeah, I just remembered him being a lot more dominant of a villain. But he's really mm-hmm. more like a cunning villain than anything else. Like, I he's think... got the schemes. Mm-hmm. I think a he lot of it comes... I think a lot of the like people remembering him as a much worse villain comes from his voice because Jeremy Irons is mm. such a good <laughs> voice and be he prepared. is a great voice casting, yeah. Yeah, and be prepared is such a good villain song. Yeah, not arguing with that one. No, be prepared. Yeah. Be prepared is great. It's a weird turn for me because it's all of a sudden like we're doing this like Hamlety Shakespearean tale, and then there's like hyena Nazis out of nowhere. <laughs> like, it really yeah. like helps to drive home like because we do he do they do kind of humanize him a bit with that conversation with mufasa so i feel like mm-hmm. they had to move him into like this extreme dictator evil role to kind of like balance that out but it did kind of come out of nowhere and how mm-hmm. how did it go from like the three hyenas to like millions out of nowhere 
Like, is that how hyenas work in the wild? Do they just, like, hide and chill and come out? I actually have some hyena facts for us. Ooh, Can we get to my okay, hyenas yeah. are really cool. Okay, I'm looking forward to just those. Like, just, like, a couple things, but... Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, so, my, like, big thing, the best part of the movie is Mufasa's death. And this ties into why I think the like this version of the Lion King is more effective than the live action. And mm-hmm. I think it was realizing how much expression they take away from the characters to make them realistic lions. Like oh, there's yeah. that moment where Simba sees the wildebeest coming down and he's got like the big eyes, they sink and his mouth drops. Like we don't, we don't get that in the childish Gambino version. Um, yeah, like just the sheer terror a, in his eyes. Yeah, that's the official title. The Child, the Child is Gambino, Gambino version. version. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do think they lose like something in that. Um, I wrote when it actually happened. I wrote down like Mufasa dies, the wildebeest come, and I'm like, this scene just doesn't slap as hard as it did in like '94. Um, mm-hmm. Because it just doesn't. It doesn't have that punch. Like, there's just something about the way they're animated. And then, like, that particular scene is what did it for me in the 3D conversion. Because, like, Mm. seeing them come over and then down was insane in 3D. Um, So, like, I just feel like this movie did it so good. And then they tried to make it better and it just, it falls flat because they can't animate it the way it was animated and keep the realistic tone they're trying to convey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think that's like where I realized like the the stark contrast between the two. Like well, also like like that that I actually had this same thing for my deep dive. Hmm. Um, the other moments that you feel that like the the most that you feel that is in the song sequence for I just can't wait to be king. Yeah, because that one is hyper stylized. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, it's hyper-stylized, and it's not supposed to make much sense, but mm-hmm. it really works yeah. for the film. But I mean, they you do... throw it into realism, yeah. and it's just like, okay, yeah. they're just yeah. walking around singing. Did the live action have, bit. like, the very the very impractical tower of jungle animals as well? I... No, it did not. It didn't? Like I said, hmm. they were just literally, they were just running around and hiding under other animals. Yeah, uh, I haven't watched the live action since it came out. Yeah, I, I saw it in theaters. That was really about it. I didn't like it that much. I thought it was just clearly needless. <laughs> like, None of us did because we haven't yeah. seen it since theaters. Yeah, it's like not. There's other live actions that I enjoy, yeah. but that is not one of them. It's not bad. It's just needless to me. Mm. Pointless. Um, yeah, there's some like weird stuff there though. Like, how do wildebeests run straight down? Like, they run at a 90-degree angle down a cliff and then just, like, curve at the bottom and gently... Well, not gently. They're, like, mad, like whatever, stampeding. But, like, how are they going to run 90 degrees? How are they going to do that? <laughs> I think it might not... Like, it, it appeared to be 90 degrees, but if, even if it was even just, like, you know, I don't know, like... Um, an 80 degree drop or even like a 75 degree drop it w- it could visually appear yeah. similar but it would still be something manageable for because uh, it is a stampede they're running away for like the, the yeah. thought is but i is feel like why don't get away i feel like why don't they just run 
off the cliff if they're all stampeding that fast. Like, mm-hmm. why would they just meet the end and go off like buffalo style? Yeah, so it like, shouldn't the be the bison just, like, run. They go like, like, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So like, I don't know. I just thought like, oh, well, it's a movie yeah. of good animation. I just thought that's like a really weird point. Like, how mm. how are they gonna run straight down? Um, anyway, Mufasa's death, again, always the best part, kind of the saddest for me now in retrospect. And like, it becomes a lot harder to watch, I guess, in the end, but like, it's a really effective scene. So I do, I do love it. It's just like, yeah, it's just like, it's not easy. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, but this This is is our third (laughs) movie in a row with a heartbreaking scene. Yeah. It's Disney. (laughs) It is Disney. I know, but but these ones are three. Like honestly, if people made like a top ten of of uh, Disney slash Pixar Pixar's most heartbreaking scenes, these ones would make the top ten. Probably, yeah. Um, this is my issue. This is where my issue with Scar happens, though. He has Simba. He's like got him up from under his like dead dad's arm and stuff, and he's like, "You need to run away." They are currently alone in a gorge post stampede that just killed Mufasa and his idea is to let the kid run away and then have the like idiot hyenas hunt him like homie should have just killed the dude or killed the cat lion Simba should have just killed him right right there end of movie Scar ruins the pride lands everybody goes home sad I don't understand why he did well he doesn't kill him what's the whole what's the whole point of sending him away like, I can't that, answer that one. Yeah, yeah it's definitely a true. plot hole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I just don't get it. But whatever. So that ends up leading us straight to Timon and Puma, which is the best part of the movie. Timon and Puma shine in this movie. They are stars. Mm-hmm. I know we've given them Lion King one and a half, but why don't we have? Why don't we have a Timon and Pumba movie? Like they are clearly the stars of this movie. <laughs> They did, however, get their own TV show. I know they got their own TV show, but practically everything got their own TV show on the Disney Channel. So that's not much of an accomplishment. That is true. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. But like Lion King one and a half, I almost think is better just because it's all Timon and Pumbaa. (laughs) Oh, you know what this is making me think of? What? Have you ever seen the music video of Timon and Pumbaa doing Stand By Me? No. No. Oh my goodness, you gotta watch it. It's the most hilarious thing. Where it's mostly just Timon singing Stand By Me, but then a lot of, pretty much any time he says Stand By Me, something bad happens to Pumba. <laughs> it's the most hysterical thing ever. That's like, funny. Nice. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, So he goes and he like meets Timon and Pumba. They age. It's all good. Um, My question is, how how much time exactly passes? Because a lot of bad happens to the Pride Land, and like he gets old. So like, is that like how long does it take for a lion to get their mane? Like, how old is Simba? How long is he with Timon and Pumbaa before he sees Nala again? Mm. That's a good question. Well, let's put our our resident researcher on that while we continue. Because honestly, I, you got I, it, you, dude. When we get to <laughs> when we get to like the bad shot, when we finally see Pride Rock in the Pride Lands after. There's like a giant crack in the ground, which how did that form and why does it go away in the end? Whatever. But there's like a giant crack in the ground. Oh, they, they, they sang Toto. 
They say I I have that note down. They bless the rains down in Africa in the at the very end. But it was just like <laughs> this entire area gets completely wiped out and desolate. So like how much time? Like how long is Simba gone? Adult lions are between 3 and 8 years old. At around 12 to 14 months, they start to grow their longer mane. And their mane usually is okay. grown in mostly by the age of two. So okay. It could be just a couple of years. So mm-hmm. a couple of years. That's, that's pretty fast for the whole earth to open up a crack. And, yeah. Well, and also severe drought. And, I was just going to yeah. say, side note, the voice of adult singing for Simba is John, or not John, Joseph Williams. Speaking of Toto, he is the lead singer of Toto. That's kind what? of that's kind of funny. Wow. <laughs> so there you go. They got the guy singing I bless the rains down in Africa. Yeah. To sing in Lion King. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't have that for our fun facts cuz I just didn't think to go look that up. It's not in IMDb either, which is where I look for the cast stuff. So mm. when you guys brought it up, I quickly looked it up. <laughs> All right. That's that's interesting that, to that know. Is something yeah. New. Yeah. Um, I love it. That is an awesome fact that I have never seen in, in <laughs> other things. Apparently, it's on Wikipedia. I didn't verify that, though, so don't call nice. me. <laughs> okay, so, like, two-ish years pass and Scar destroys everything. Clearly, he just wanted to become king to get lion booty. That's my theory right now. Because he did seems like it. nothing else except probably smash yep. all those booties. All the lion. I don't know how lions. I don't know lion. Whatever. But like that is clearly that, that is all. How it works. All he did as king, like no food, no nothing. Poor Saravi. Like, yeah. I don't know. That's all he did as king. Um, how does Nala find Timon and Pumbaa? Like, I understand the I- whole concept of like she had to go further away to hunt, but like. How incredibly convenient is it that you find the one warthog that's been raising your lion best friend for the last two years? Oh, she already ate three warthogs before getting to him. <laughs> Still, how? Like, it's it's the wilds of Africa, and she happens to track <laughs> down and pinpoint that one specific warthog? I don't know. I'm not buying it, but... Well, maybe warthog, maybe a Pumbaa had his guard down more than other warthogs because he had a lion cover in his butt. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Puma. It makes it more magical. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Even I'm starting to cringe at that. Listen, my dad quoted it at me the other day. It was very funny. It's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so that leads to Can You Feel the Love Tonight? which is a great song. And I'll mention more about mm. the music later, but it's a great song to an incredibly awkward and weird part of the movie. Like we're watching them like fall in love. Yeah, it's cute. But then like Timon and Pumbaa are clearly just watching them bang through the leaves. Like it's kind of yeah. an awkward part of the movie. Like, yeah, it's, we can feel the love tonight and let's witness this love. But like, how awkward is it to witness love <laughs> like Timon and Puma just <laughs> just stand in there? Like, what are they doing? They, they can sing their song elsewhere. They can be sad yeah, all elsewhere. I can, that is true. 
All I can say is that my my kids definitely love the part where they're crying hysterically. It's <laughs> it's really funny, but it's just like, yeah. do you have to watch them like get down to cry? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's beautiful song, incredibly weird part of the movie. Um, but yeah, Simba goes back. One thing I liked about that, like Rafiki, who is. Rafiki is so wise, but he does nothing for like the first large part of the movie. Like he's just he's just around. But the yeah. one the one thing I liked is like Simba blows that dust away and that dust very conveniently finds its way to Rafiki's tree somehow because you know, dust can do that and pinpoint the one monkey that knows what to do with it. But whatever. Sure. Why not? He gets the dust and he's like, whatever, he's around. And then he busts open the fruit and it's the exact same fruit that he used to like draw the line on Simba. Mm -hmm. And like he eats the fruit and then remembers Simba. I thought that was a cool like little thing that I'd never seen before. Never like noticed. Like, I guess I just thought the dust reminded him of Simba. But I realized like this time around, it's the same fruit. Which, so he, I think it was the combination of the smell of Simba as well as the smell of the fruit simultaneously. Well, yeah, that's definitely what it is. But like, I never noticed that the fruit had anything to do with it before mm-hmm. until like this watch around. I was like, wait, that is the exact same fruit. Like he's he's creating Simba around him in a way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Rafiki gets really pretty cool after that. Rafiki is one of my favorite characters. Um. And it's even just a fun name. I really would love, like, man, if I had, like, a pet, I want to name him Rafiki. Yeah. Like, Rafiki's pretty dope. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Rafiki. Not in the first half of the movie. Just, again, he's just, he's just there. But he really, like, he, mm-hmm. he obviously comes into play. He leads him to the cloud in the sky, which is pretty much, like, one of the only things I, like, clearly remember from this movie, no matter what, is the, uh, remember. <laughs> it's parodied so many times it now. is yeah i always think of like i don't know simpsons when bleeding yeah, the simpsons one bleeding with, uh, gums murphy yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know it's a beautiful beautiful thing and of course like back then it was the first time it happened so like it was probably like extra awesome um but so that brings us to the end the end is the best part of the movie. Like the movie has some great songs, but like action wise, it's a pretty slow drive to the to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but the end is they all go back to Plaid Rock. I don't understand. Like Simba leaves way after, like right after seeing his dad, and he like runs. Blah 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 blah. Everyone, including like Pumbaa and Timon, like Timon and Pumbaa, they catch up to him like real quick. <laughs> like and Rafiki. And Rafiki, well, Rafiki too, but Rafiki, like, I don't know, he can swing on stuff, maybe. But, like, how did... Isn't he running through a desert? Yeah, I, I, I guess. But, like, how did Pumbaa? Pumbaa, look at the size of that thing. He's gonna run as fast as a lion and catch right up to him. Beautiful sentiment, and, it, of course, they're necessary. Um, but <laughs> they they are the, like, most loyal people. Like, Timon and Pumbaa, again... I cannot stress enough of the stars of this movie. Um, line fights, awesome. 
That's why I liked yeah. it in the beginning. The slow motion lion fight actually seemed a bit gratuitous for me. Um, like we had seen a bit of the lion fighting already, and then they go into that really slow motion where it's just Simba and Scar. Like dramatic, yes, but just a little hammy, maybe Hamlet. Hmm. But, <laughs> but what do you think, Sarah? I just like the whole movie, so I don't know. I think it's okay. None of this is negatives. The scene is awesome. I just find, yeah, I don't know. The slow-mo fighting just seemed a little gratuitous for me, but it's good. I like it. Then, yeah, they win. The hyenas turn on Scar, which I think is like the cool touch. You don't have to have Simba kill Scar, obviously. And Scar's a scheming bastard and kind of like dug his own grave so it was like poetic justice that's pretty good mm-hmm. and that's really the first time we see the hyenas like succeed in anything so it's kind of nice like they finally decide to rise up against scar um this is where i put down that they bless the rains in africa because conveniently Right after Simba becomes king again, it starts raining. And guess what that rain does? It fixes everything. Everything. The crack in the ground. That was a huge crack. That's like a Springfield Gorge-sized crack. And it just completely fixed. It's all green now. There's like lush fields and everyone's bowing to the king. I don't know. (laughs) It was This is actually reminding... This is kind of reminding me of a different Disney movie with um, Mickey. Uh, it was Mickey and the Beanstalk, where they had something similar kind of thing happen. Oh yeah, where there was like, there was like a magic harp, and then the harp gets taken by the giant, and then the the whole land just shuts down, <laughs> and like the camera's like looking at the fields, it's like big cracks just suddenly appears. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. It's not reminding me of that. I don't know. It's one of those just like, come on. There's no way. A, there's no way he did that much damage to the Pride Lands in two years. B, there's no way they fixed it in however in long it takes lions to reproduce. Like, <laughs> there's there's no way. <laughs> uh, but whatever. We end it with Circle of Life, and it's beautiful. So that's. That's how it works. I think the music in general is really good. I love Elton John. I'm a huge Elton yeah. John fan. Um, besides Timon and Pumbaa, the music's definitely the best part of this movie. Oh, yeah. I love it when they bring, like, famous pop stars or whatever in to do music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Disney movies. Like, also bringing in Phil Collins for Tarzan. Yeah. Like, stuff like that. I just... It's so fun and it's so good. It is yeah. good. Throwing in Lin Manuel Miranda for Encanto and oh. Moana. Lin Manuel yeah. Miranda's just gonna do everything forever now. <laughs> yeah. He was just I'm in not something that I watched recently. Um, There's like a surprise. His Dark Materials? No. I don't remember what it was. We were watching something and it was like a surprise cameo from Lin Manuel Miranda. Brooklyn Nine Nine? Oh. No, no, no. How oh, I Met Your Mother? It was newer. I don't remember what it was. Oh, okay. Now. Okay, then. If it was newer, then I don't know. Yeah. He was also in a, randomly in a Modern Family episode. I think he played. He was playing like a doctor or something, if I remember right. And he was just like a really quick cameo for like one scene. Maybe it was the Murderville show? I don't... With Will Arnett? 
I don't know that one. Oh, he does. It's like a Will Arnett. He does like improv comedy with like a bunch of people. He makes mm, that's fun. Yeah, he makes them like okay. Yeah. Everyone knows the lines except the celebrities, and then he does like detective episodes. It's pretty funny. That sounds great. It is. It is great. Yeah, Jason Bateman was just on like the Christmas special they did, which I think might have been where Lin Manuel Miranda was, but don't quote me on oh, that. Oh, maybe. I also love Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman's great. I still haven't seen yeah. Ozark though. We got it. We watched like a couple episodes, mm. and we just weren't feeling it. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. But yeah, love know. me some Michael Bluth. <laughs> Anyways, back on track. Yes. Yep, yep. That is my recap. That's all I got, really. <laughs> cool. All right. So that was the newbie recap with Brandon. All right, so uh, we're going to move on to myself with Deep Dive Disney. Um, The first thing I want to talk about is theming for this film. So Brandon already talked about it a bit. So this is essentially like Shakespeare mixed with some fascism thrown in. And... I understand how it feels that, like what you were saying, how the fascism kind of came out of nowhere. But yeah, the way that I see it is that fascism is often um, projected out of charisma. And charisma was the only thing that Scar has. True. So in order for fascism to take place, it needs a center figure. Uh, needs somebody to to lead and be the the centerfold, and it needs somebody that's hungry, hungry for power, uh, that's hungry for for control, and Scar is definitely that. So, throwing in the symbolism of Grant, yes, granted, I do feel with you, Brandon, that the hundreds of hyenas coming out of nowhere is off is off putting yeah. for the grown up mind of of that sequence coming from three, but. To get the payoff of the scenery of him standing there and with hundreds of hyenas marching down below. The sheer symbolism of that portrayal of what even somebody as innocent looking as Scar at the beginning. I mean, from the very first moment you see Scar, like the very first lines of this film is Scar. Yeah. Mm-hmm toying with a mouse so he doesn't seem very threatening when he's just sitting there toying with a mouse so initially even if you go historically with with the primary example of fascism with uh, adolf hitler himself they did not take him seriously Hmm. for a a good portion like years but he just kept on gaining power and power just through his charisma and and his ability to convince the hungry masses because that's what uh, what you could consider the hyenas representing is the hungry masses yeah that are mm-hmm. overlooked in this scenario yeah so it's very interesting looking at it that and then th- again this is the character development of shakespeare there's a reason why shakespeare has still is still adapted to this day yeah. is because when it comes to 
the writing of characters and character interactions, very few can compare with the Bard. Yeah. With the way that he could could grow a character and, and you could understand their motivations. Yeah. Yeah. And and character interactions and such. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think like I think it's a great scene. Be prepared's a great song. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. I think it's I think it's great. I just feel like it's like a weirdly like unnecessary escalation of things. Mm-hmm. like he's got a great plan he's got a whole thing set out he's smart enough to do things why all of a sudden does he need to turn into hitler for us to hate him i'm i'm not arguing about that it's just i've like the uh the the symbolism that you see in it is just spectacular oh yeah no it's definitely I, great i enjoy um yeah and then also i have here so the you add in like yes you got the shakespeare the shakespeare and you got the fascism but then you also have the the um, impact of legacy especially when it comes to father and son hmm. and those connections cuz pretty much any time i think about the best father and son relationships like when it comes to like especially with disney f- films the mufasa and simba connection like is way up there like if you do like a poll of trying to figure out like the best disney fathers mufasa's pretty much way up there yeah Yeah. because granted he gets mad he gets mad at simba and for what he did did at the elephant graveyard but he makes sure that simba understands why he's mad Yeah. yeah and that he's mad because he's scared he was scared of that and is just like and then immediately afterwards he just goes into you know being playful with it, with the son and it's just like yeah. as a as a father myself is just like i can feel that <laughs> yeah i can feel that like if i get scared and like yeah i'll get i'll get mad i will you know i will get quite upset and then and then my kids are you know they're they're really sad that they that they, that's happening and then it's just like yep okay now i'm gonna tickle you yeah mm-hmm. kind of deal like that's just one of those things that i see with this film as well is like the impact of father and son and then but then also to see somebody like simba look up to their father mm-hmm. and then how on earth am i gonna live up to that Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure. Like, not gonna lie, my dad is pretty amazing. I just spent a week with him. <laughs> and I don't know if I'll ever be as uh, as good of a dad or as, you know, or as good as a man as him. So it's, mm. I feel that as well. So, yeah, that's the, the theming angle. Um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about Shakespeare adaptations. Okay. Because... I love Shakespeare, Shakespeare adaptations. I'm not an expert on Shakespeare by any any measurement, but I love I love these Shakespeare films, especially yeah. the ones that you don't know are Shakespeare films. Yeah. Like I mean, like I was like I was telling you about character interactions and I can think of two or three three movies off the top 
that are adaptations and that's like 10 things i hate about you mm-hmm. then west side story and she's the man yeah yeah is is like oh yeah by the way this is shakespeare <laughs> i yeah, mean west side it's... story is kind of obvious because that's romeo and julia but yeah it's fun though to see how they like play with it mm-hmm. yeah but it's yeah i enjoy it when they re-theme it and i mean like like you said in the opening line of this one brandon it's shakespeare with lions yeah who thought that that could work yeah, yeah but it does yeah <laughs> i mean not many kids could fully understand hamlet yeah I don't think I can still fully understand Hamlet if I was to read it. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just one thing I really love. I, I love the, that they that they took Shakespeare and they threw it into a kids movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I like it too. Um, I had another thing here about artistic stylings with this one. So we did, we talked about this where essentially half this movie feels like it belongs in the in the Toto uh, music video. <laughs> yeah. You know, they got ki- they even got Kilimanjaro. Yep. Whole oh, yeah. bunch there, so it's just like yeah. Um I have I have comedy on this. So the comedic ability in this film is pretty awesome like i was you know talking that nathan lane was majority of this one but then you also got the you got the comedy chops of Whoopi goldberg and cheech moran yeah like just right there and then the snide like i don't know like theater acting that you get from jeremy irons (laughs) in there and then and then to top it all off you got mr bean yeah just yeah throwing in remarks here and there it's like almost every actor in this film has could almost be considered a comedian like even james earl jones like you look at coming to america and stuff yeah Hmm. so it's just like eat like everybody in this film could be considered in some regards to have some history in comedy and it's just it's made for some really hilarious moments um i also have music here the, the thing that I love about this is that they got, like, an actual authentic, like, African performer with Lebo M to mm-hmm. help with um, actual, like, chants and stuff with it. Right. So make it slightly more authentic. Like, uh, so from my understanding, they got um, Elton, Lebo M, and uh, Tim Rice. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Tim Rice. I right. Open. I I remember seeing like they the next time that some that yeah. a combination like this was used was like in Moana, mm. where they have like oh we have a known lyricist who's really good and like has done things like Tim Rice did Jesus Christ Superstar, mm-hmm. so like practiced lyricist with Broadway connections, and then popular person with Elton. So in Moana they had. Oh, here's Lin Manuel Miranda. He's popular. Throw him in there, and then somebody to make it more authentic to the to the setting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. On top of that, they also have Hans Zimmer for the original score, which is well, true. You can't also, really go too wrong with Zimmer. Yeah. No. Also excellent. 
the amount that that man works, I mean, does he ever take a break? Probably not. <laughs> all right. Um, I think that's about all I got for my deep dive, you know, focusing on the deep historical ramifications of fascism throwing <laughs> in there. <laughs> so moving on to fun facts and trivia with Sarah. Hello. Probably known as Zazu. <laughs> yeah, you can totally start calling me that. Um, <laughs> first, first things first, the Oscars. Wow. The Lion King was nominated for and won Best Original Score with Hans Zimmer. Was nominated for Best Original Song for Hakuna Matata, Circle of Life, and Can You Feel the Love Tonight, which won. <laughs> Wow. Did Little Mermaid also get the triple? I don't think um, so. I think was it was it just a double, a double or a triple. I can't remember off the top of my okay. head. Um, also, Golden Globes, Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. One. Best Original Score. One. Best Original Song, Can You Feel the Love Tonight. One. Also nominated for Circle of Life. I do find it interesting that Circle of Life didn't win everything. Like, I love Can You Feel the Love Tonight, but Circle of Life is just so epic. But yeah. I won't argue it. Everybody just gets into the in, into the feels with Circle of Life. So yeah, it won Best Picture, Musical or Comedy at the Golden Globes, and then yeah, wasn't correct. nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. To be fair, it's Best Comedy, interesting, and stuff at Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. Um, Oscars don't take comedy seriously with Best Picture. Well, I know, but like sometimes, I mean, I guess The Hangover won Best Picture, Musical or Comedy, and didn't get nominated for an Oscar. But, I mean, like, you'd figure, like, the winner of that category would have a good shot at getting nominated, at least. Yeah. It's the well, Golden Globes. Well, let's see. Yeah, Who was really nominated for that. Best Picture that year? It was Forrest Gump, 90, which 90, won. Yeah, 94 is Forrest, Forrest Gump. Gump yeah. um, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Pulp Fiction, Quiz Show, and The Shawshank Redemption. I think you I could remove Four Weddings, four and, weddings a and a Funeral. Maybe. I have never seen Pretty that Pretty big year, though. It's all right. Pretty big year. <laughs> Um, but they still they still did pretty well, and I mean the music is, as mentioned, one of the best parts of the movie. So true. Um, so moving on, uh, quick fact about the live action remake: it was the highest grossing animated film of all time. It brought mm. in sixteen billion dollars, which is very impressive. Sixteen, six, 16 billion. Billion, yep. I, yeah. I, I don't... How? <laughs> I thought Avatar yeah, was the know. highest grossing movie at like 2.9. Yeah. No. Uh, Hang three. On. I think three is the is endgame. That might be including merchandising or something like that. Maybe. That's just... The, merchandising would make sense. Um, People the do fact like that I found. Yeah. Because, yeah, like... They definitely... Since that one came out, Lion King definitely had a had a very large resurgence in in merchandising. But again, most of that stuff oh, was with sorry. the animated stylings. Okay, the fun fact site that I got it from uh, missed the period. It's one point six billion. Not there we go. There we billion. go. <laughs> there you go. That sounds right. One point six, not sixteen. There you go. Um, still a lot of money though. Uh, it overtook Frozen. Apparently, to become the highest grossing animated film. Anyways, that's the live action one. Uh, This is the first Disney film to have an original storyline. 
before they were all based on other things. Can you call uh, it original if it's a Shakespearean adaptation, though? I mean, I feel like because it's more loose. Like, Snow White is yeah, a fairy guess, tale. Yeah. Little Mermaid is a fairy tale. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's true. But um, They I mean, wrote even, it themselves. Yeah, like, the they take the bare bones and change the name of everybody in it. And they definitely strip a lot of other stuff out of out yeah. of the Hamlet story and just kept the basic character dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's more loose. Mm-hmm. Uh, while they were working on it, the writers would refer to it as Bamblet, a cross between Hamlet and Bambi. <laughs> I thought that was cute. Um, one hidden Mickey is a bug that Timon, Timon and Pumbaa are eating. It's got Mickey ears. Mm, yummy. Kind of cute. Yeah. Uh, about hyenas. Uh, in real life, Woo-hoo. they are not mean. They're pretty chill. It's more likely you'd see a lion stealing from a hyena than vice versa, the way it's <laughs> depicted. Um, and there was a guy... You know what guy... a group of hyenas is called? No. Yeah, they're clans. Nice. I like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... Because they depicted them like this, there was a guy who was an expert on hyenas, and he sued Disney for character defamation on behalf of hyenas. (laughs) Because he was mad they depicted them as bad guys. He also pushed for a boycott of the film, which obviously did not work, because it's a very... I wonder if he won the lawsuit, though. Definitely Uh, not. It it didn't say anywhere, but I doubt it. (laughs) Hyenas don't care. (laughs) They're not worried about their characters being... Yeah. Like def- defamation it, issues. It's not like Jaws. Whereas they're like, oh, yeah, now sh- nobody cares about sharks and they are all uh, getting killed. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it <laughs> did. Like the Jaws effect. Yeah. Um, the song Circle of Life is in Zulu. And the line, now, I do not speak this language, so I will likely butcher this. But the line, Nance inganyama bagiti babasiti um inganyama means, here comes a lion. Father, oh yes, it's a lion. That's what Circle of Life says. <laughs> so not super deep, yeah. but still a beautiful... I, I, think I, I think I remember seeing a meme of that or, or a Tumblr post and just like, so they're just the, like, I think this song is saying something super deep and stuff, but then it's just like, hey, there's a lion coming. Check it out. It's a lion. <laughs> yeah, basically. Still wonderful though. Um, mm-hmm. Some character names are Swahili words, for example, S- Simba, Lion, Pumbaa, Fool. Mm. Rafiki, Friend. Yeah, that one wasn't in the list I looked at. I was I meant to go look up more up, but I forgot to. But thank you. Well, it helps when your father, uh, father-in-law is, is from Kenya. <laughs> That's fair. My mother is also from Kenya, but she does not speak Swahili. So. <laughs> uh Hakuna Matata is a real Swahili phrase that was picked up by researchers when they visited Kenya. So they yeah, um, brought it back. Apparently, my father-in-law also gets really upset with that one because they mispronounce it for a good chunk of the film. That's uh, That makes sense. So he says it's... When Pumbaa says it the first time, like it's correct. But when Timon says it, it's wrong. So, oh. uh, so like when Timon is saying it, it's like Hakuna Matata. And it's like, no, it's Hakuna Matata. Ah, mm. gotcha. So, like it's, so it's a Wingardium Leviosa thing. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, about Hakuna the emphasis and matata. stuff. Yeah. So like, so sometimes they like when they do the tat the tatas, it's like not 
as close together. Like they they put them to. Okay, I see what I did there. Thank you, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm twelve. Sorry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um. Next fun fact. It's a good one. Pumbaa's the first Disney character to fart. <laughs> there you go. Uh, after watching Lion King one and a half and seeing them like sit in their hot tub and Pumbaa's like farting the bubbles. Yeah. Or is that in a trailer or something? Wherever it is. It was in one yeah, and a half. Yeah, it's one and a half. Okay. My dad kept saying that they should make some money off of selling hot tubs where the jets are coming out of Pumbaa's butt and he like is sitting in the hot tub with you. <laughs> and I think that would be excellent and I would buy that hot tub. <laughs> uh, it took two years to animate the stampede scene because it is so intricate, which That's I think crazy. is very interesting. It's very interesting as we're going through these movies, learning about animation and like how the, much detail the technology. Yeah, because um, each of these movies has like one scene that, like especially like the last couple. I don't I don't remember the specific one with um, with Aladdin, but with like uh, Beauty and the Beast, it's the scene with the ballroom. That's the thing that they. At, like they advertised it and talked specifically about the technology that like oh they got the circle shot with them in the yeah. dancing there and then they got the stampede sh- scene and yeah. it's just yeah it's just them pushing the technology further and further along and then yeah. pixar comes along and just destroys everything and just <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, Disney actually thought Pocahontas was going to be a better film so the best animators were working on that and they, the Lion King was like a, the second project, like, oh, yeah, let's do this, too. <laughs> they obviously were wrong. Yeah. Since the Lion King ended up being one of the most famous Disney films ever and one of the most profitable. Well, I think when you get the younger generation, because I think that's what they would th- would put in with their B team, right? It's like, here, let's throw the, all these young guys in together. So the young guys had new ideas. And just like, yeah. hey, let's do this. Let's do this. Oh, got nobody here to tell us no? All right. Yeah. Well, it it didn't mention the best animators being the older ones. That's not necessarily mm-hmm. the case. But anyways, it was well, the could B be seniority. team. Could be. Uh, Scar and Mufasa, according to the producers, are not blood brothers. They are. They treat each other as brothers. They're not actually brothers, which I just thought was interesting. Hmm. I don't know why that's necessary backstory that they provided, but there you go. If I were Scar, perhaps I would stop treating Mufasa as a brother the way that he treats him, but, you know, whatever. If, he wasn't, if they weren't blood relatives, why would he be assumed the like successor to the throne? I don't know. Hmm. I'm not Lion sure. Hierarchy. That's, that's just something the producers had mentioned in <laughs> talking about the film. Rafiki, yeah, Rafiki's the only character who speaks Swahili and doesn't have, <coughs> excuse me, an American or English accent, despite the fact that yeah. they are all in Africa. <laughs> Which is something that movies just always do. The wrong accents for yeah. the wrong places. But whatever. Yeah. The production That's team... That's at least one thing that they improved on with the live action. The only thing they improved upon in the live action. Yeah. Having more appropriate race choices for actors. Mm-hmm. The yeah. only white people are Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah. Oh, my 
my gosh, Billy Eichner. <laughs> yes, yes. Billy so Eichner good. is, again, th- that's one of the only positives of that movie. Oh, I, I love, love that actor. He's so funny. Parks and Recreation. Okay. Oh, I just finished rewatching it for the, I don't know, I'm His character time. in that one is just so awesome. So <laughs> just good. being himself. So good. And Billy on the Street. Love it. <laughs> His show is so funny. Anyways, back to Lion King. The production team uh, in the scene where Nala pins Simba to the ground and he goes, oof, they hit him in the back to make that sound authentic. Mm-hmm. So they like mm-hmm. just came and gave him a good whack. I thought that was very interesting. Good way to get a good sound out of them, I guess. Nice. Uh, some people I love on the those internet. Sound effects. Yeah, the some people on the internet took it upon themselves to try and figure out where Pride Rock is, as people <laughs> on the internet do. So Have they no looked other things to do. Yeah. So why not? So they looked at all of the animals that are depicted in the film and figured out where in Africa all of these animals live. And there's one place, apparently, in Africa where all of these animals would be. And it's a national park in Nambia. Oh. So, that's where they speculate Pride Rock is. That's cool. Yeah. The way I see it, like, all of these animals don't necessarily live at Pride Rock, but they've all come from where they were to see Simba. Mm. But, I don't know. That's just my own thinking. It's kind of like well, like in Frozen, for example, for Elsa's coronation, people are coming from different kingdoms. Like, but anyways, that's just my thinking. But yeah. it would be interesting for them to like pinpoint where it actually is and like yeah, have something there to like commemorate it or whatever. <laughs> anyways, I don't think they would speak Swahili in Nambia. That's okay. That's it's only on the, on the west coast. Yeah, there's not a lot of Swahili in, spoken in the movie anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, where am I here? Scar's claws are always out, always out, while the good lions only bring them out to fight. So it kind of like gives Scar more of a villainous look because his claws are always sticking out. <laughs> Originally, they were going to call the movie King of the Jungle. And then the producers realized lions don't live in the jungle. So Mm. they changed it. Yeah. They gave that to George. Yeah. Because obviously everything else about the movie is very authentic. Yeah. The title Mm -hmm. had to be as well. Uh, In real life, warthogs, not lazy like Pumbaa, they can run 30 miles an hour and can often outrun their predators. Ooh. Boom. That's fun. Run across the desert. he did outrun Nala. definitely outran Nala and they they are good at like burrowing and escaping and stuff like they're tricky little guys Hmm. Uh, definitely hurt our human that's for sure (laughs) oh yeah circle of life wasn't going to be the opening scene originally but it turned out so impressive that they changed it to circle of life and it also was the last time Disney used a full scene for a trailer Hmm. because it is Hmm. very very good uh, originally, Scar was not going to be related at all to Mufasa and Simba, but he was going to be a lone lion that was in charge of a pack of vicious baboons, mm. which I find to be scarier the than hyenas. the hyenas. Uh, I know Rafiki is a baboon, and he's, he's he's a little scary. 
Uh, Rafiki's not a baboon. He's actually a mandrill. Yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. Just similar to a baboon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I don't take back what I said, though. Rafiki is a little bit scary. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially when he's going all Bruce Lee. Yeah. Originally, Rafiki was going to be a cheetah. And Timon and Pumbaa were going to be Simba's friends from the very start of the movie. So all of that got changed, which honestly, I think all of those were good changes. Yeah, I think so. Rafiki being a cheetah would not have hit the same way. No, it would have been weird. Yeah. I like the crazy monkey type animal angle better. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nathan Lane and Ernie Sabella, who voiced Timon and Pumbaa, respectively, originally auditioned to be hyenas. And they showed up to the same audition time. And they knew each other, and they're like, hey, can we audition together? And they were like, sure, go ahead. And they were so funny that they decided they need to be Timon and Pumbaa instead. Mm. So that's where they ended up. Which, Best choice of all time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great choice. And they originally wanted Cheech and Chong to be the hyenas. Uh, but Was this around their time of falling out or what? Yeah, they weren't working together at this point, so Whoopi got in instead. And Honestly, I like it. I like Whoopi in there. Yeah, I think, I think it would have been funny to like Chong. Yeah. Uh, I, I could also see the fact that, like, with hyenas, I think that it would be a more matriarchal. Hmm. Interesting. So, like, maybe, like, fe- like female being in charge is, kind of makes sense. Oh, okay. So, yeah. it's, I don't know. I, I kind of like the, the ideas of that. It was just like, hey, yeah. clearly she's the one in charge of the three of them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Jim Cummings, who obviously is in this movie, he's in everything, <laughs> he ended up filling in for Jeremy Irons for the final third of Be Prepared, because Jeremy Irons threw his voice out recording that song. Mm. So you mm-hmm. get Jeremy Irons and Jim Cummings in that. Probably can't pinpoint when it changes, though, because Jim Cummings is so good. Yeah, so good. Uh, in the original script, Hakuna Matata wasn't actually going to be used. They were going to use this song that was about eating bugs. But then when the research term went to Kenya and learned about the phrase, they came back and they changed it. I, I like, uh, really, really like that they went to Africa to do research to make yeah. it a little more mm-hmm. real. I, I think that's very, very cool. Uh, the highest. This is the highest-grossing hand-drawn film of all time, with a box office of over nine hundred eighty-six million dollars. Nice. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the eighth highest-grossing animated film in general, forty-two highest-grossing of all time, and the best-selling videotape of all time. So when we mentioned all that. the kids having it, yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> The first director of the film, George Scribner, left it when they turned it into a musical instead of being National Geographic style because that's what he wanted to do. And he didn't Mm -hmm. want it to be a musical. Uh, Obviously, they made the right choice with the musical, though. Yeah. They brought in a wildlife expert to the studio to bring in real lions so they could study them. Uh, And from where I got this information, it said he taught them how... Lions greet one another by gently butting heads and show affection by placing one's head under the other's chin. He talked about how they protect themselves by lying on their backs and using their claws to ward off attackers and how they fight rivals by raising on their hind legs like a clash of the titans. So all of that was from studying real lions and learning from an Hmm. expert. Um, An earthquake in 1994 shut down the studios and a lot of the movie was made from the artists' homes. Wow. 
A number of characters developed for the film ended up being written out of the script, including a tag-along little brother for Nala named Mitu, who Simba was originally supposed to save from the stampede, and another friend of Nala's named Bati, a wise-cracking bat-eared fox, which really makes me think of Anastasia. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was also, at one point, a lizard named Iggy and another meerkat named Tezma, a mopey relative of Timon. Hmm. So... I don't think any of those characters were necessary, so I think they made the right choice. Yeah, yeah like, the feeling of, of Lion King is that the characters are fairly minimal Yeah. when it comes to it, but the that may, makes for better writing for interactions and less excess. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Before Rowan Atkinson was cast as Zazu, several former members of Monty Python were considered for the role, as was Patrick Stewart. Hmm. Eric Idle, one of them? I didn't get a list. That's all that I mm. grabbed from the website. Right. Uh, but honestly, like I love Rowan Atkinson as Zazu, but I also think any of those would have also worked. So I think That's they were true. on the right track. You, yeah. I mean, yeah, like you, I guess for all of them, you get dry British feel yeah. to it. Yeah, exactly. One is just, I mean, that, it, Blackadder comedy? Then you, that, that's why they went with John Oliver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, according to the film's press no- notes, lyricist Tim Rice wrote 15 iterations of lyrics for Can You Feel the Love Tonight over the period of several years. And the Elton John recording that plays during the credits and won an Oscar was the first version of the song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, could you imagine? I oh, I gotta get this perfect. I gotta get this right. You did it right the first time. Yeah, that's why you gotta go with your gut. Uh, the original final fight sequence had Simba losing to Scar, and then Scar died in a fire. But Simba didn't win originally. Hmm. Uh, a lot of people have commented on the internet about the dust cloud saying the word sex. People think that it's like a hidden thing. Yeah. Uh, it's not true. It's actually SFX, and it was a nod to the art department. Makes sense. So, close. So, you can see why people saw that. Uh, And finally, James Earl Jones, who voiced Mufasa, and Madge Sinclair, who voiced Sarabi, played an African king and queen together in Coming to America as well. Nice. Yeah. And now, the cast. There's not, like, tons and tons of Disney overlap in this cast Mm. like a lot of Mm -hmm. them this was what this was their disney contribution but adult simba matthew broderick he voices simba and other things yeah that's all that i saw i did scroll imdb quickly so if anyone thinks of anything that i missed please feel free to interrupt um i love matthew broderick also the producers is one of my favorite movies of all time and the scene lady hawk yeah the scene where matthew broderick is having his panic attack and needs his blankie and whatever. It's one of my favorite movie scenes of all time. <laughs> it's hilarious. But anyways, Scar, Jeremy Irons. He voices Scar for other things. That's about it. Mufasa, James Earl Jones, is Darth Vader, which is technically now Disney. Can be. Yeah. And he also plays Santa Claus in recess. <laughs> oh yeah. Which I thought was cute. <laughs> well, I mean you just throw James Earl Jones into a fatherly, benevolent role. Yeah. Just his, throw voice his voice is, yeah, his voice. Yeah, his voice is so good. I mean, that's another thing with the live action one, is, or the new animated one, I should say. 
It's just yeah. like, how could you improve upon James Earl Jones? Uh, even when they also they also restarted the um, the Disney Nature, like with those documentary like animal documentaries and stuff. Mm-hmm. They started it with a film, uh, Disney's Earth. Yeah. Yeah. And who did they get to narrate it? James Earl Jones, because oh, okay. I mean, there you go. That's one that I missed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool though. You get the voice of Mufasa to do a, a documentary. It's just like, oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Shenzi was Whoopi Goldberg. She is in Elena of Avalor, Toy Story Three, The Wonderful World of Disney, and Roger and Hammerstein's Cinderella, which I love. Such a good movie. Such a good mm-hmm. adaptation, I will have adaptation to watch of the it. musical. Oh. It's so good. Brandy plays Cinderella. Hmm. It's just very good and very fun. And I did Cinderella uh, when I was doing musical theater back when I lived in Maple Creek. I was one of the stepsisters. <laughs> and it's just a very good musical. Very, very well done. Uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein, obviously. Always amazing. good. Yeah. Uh, Zazu, Rowan Atkinson, other Zazu things. That's about it. Uh, Ed, Jim Cummings. He's in everything. Animation I'm not, God. Yeah. I'm not going to list. I'm not going to list everything. Uh, same with Frank Welker, who does various, like, lion roaring, things like that. He's in Yeah. Everything. Like, they actually got him to make sure that each different lion roar was specific and distinguishable. Yeah. he, Him and Jim Cummings are just all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rafiki. I'm going to say his name wrong. Ed game i don't know i can't say it anyways well, he is also in the proud family oh. which is interesting cool. i love, that, love show. that show yeah i watched the whole thing with daisy when she was a baby i watched a lot of disney stuff with daisy when she was a baby and i was on maternity leave <laughs> uh nala moira kelly she does other nala things that's about she's not actually in a ton of stuff uh most notably she was in one tree hill uh <laughs> Timon, Nathan Lane, he did other Timon things, uh, and he's wonderful and hilarious. I really love his character in Modern Family. Side note. Oh yeah, he's so just great. at his most most Nathan Laneiest. <laughs> yeah, so great. Uh, Bonsai is Cheech. He's also in Elaine of Avalar. He's in a live Little Mermaid concert. He voices or he plays Chef Louis. Uh, he's in Coco hmm. and he's in the Cars movies. And Pumbaa and is Coco. Ernie. Yeah. Who the heck is he in Coco? I didn't write it down. Uh, Pumbaa, Ernie Sabella, he's in That's So Raven. And The Wonderful mm. World of Disney. Young Simba, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Nothing else, but I just like him. So. Home Improvement with Tim Allen. <laughs> yeah, but that's not Disney. Yeah. That is it. That's it for me. I think. Hang on, I opened some other things just in case. No, that's it. That's all I wanted to talk about. Okay. Sorry. I was just focusing on that Cheech Moran and Coco thing. (laughs) Oh. Did you guys ever read that thing on the internet where it was like Scar's real name is Taka, which like literally means like garbage or poop or something. And then Mufasa means like king or something. 
And it's like... So they're like, oh, their mom named one king and the other trash. Yeah. I guess <laughs> that's some maternal parent, uh, favoritism right there from birth. Yeah. Somebody had to have known what was going to happen. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that is not ideal. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Now I know what, what Cheech Mar- Moran is. He's like a customs officer in Coco. Okay. Oh, okay. So, yeah, very limited. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, that was just threw me off off for a loop because I know a lot of, lot of voice actors. <laughs> All right, uh, in, in these things. Um, okay, so that was the end of fun facts and trivia with Sarah. So, um, I don't have any other fun facts to add at this time for this one. Um, other than like, somebody had the theory that, the, um, the skull that. Lot that um, Scar is playing with when Zazu's singing a song is Mufasa's skull. Hmm. Hmm. It's like a fan theory. Got, yeah, but I think it's because it, the type of skull was actually like an, a lion skull. Hmm. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. They some people came to the conclusion that he kind of ate his brother afterwards. I don't want to think about that. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That that one made made the rounds in the last yeah. like last year or so. I understand that animals eat other animals. I just don't want to think about it like that because <laughs> these are not animals to me. They're I love them. Lovable cartoon <laughs> love characters. Them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So since we've talked a good deal about the music of this film. What is the best musical moment for you guys? Let's start with Brandon. My favorite musical moment of the whole movie, despite all of the wonderful Elton John songs. Gotta love Elton John. Can't disrespect him. My favorite musical moment is, uh, you aching? Yep, yep, yep. For some bacon. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) Best part of the movie, hands down. I love that. You know that he actually improvised that line before? Really? Yeah, like, literally, Nathan Lane was just sitting in this in recording booth, and he's just like, what do you want me to do? Sit, sit, and dress and drag and do the hula? And then they added it into the movie. That's funny. Love it. Because it was that hilarious. Yeah. Like, that's a Robin Williams-level improvisation right there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, that is my best song of the movie. It is quite hysterical. <laughs> nice. All right, on to Sarah. Uh, mine, I love all the songs in this movie, as I'm sure we all do. Uh, no argument. But mine, yeah, mine would have to be tied to a real life thing. I like just, I just can't wait to be king. When I was doing voice lessons in musical theater and stuff, uh, my friend and I did. I just can't wait to be king, and I got to be Zazu. Mm. so like you guys are not far off i've played him before (laughs) and that's a fun part to play and it was a fun song to perform and it's just a great scene too and it's exciting and colorful and yeah so i love i just can't wait to be king just trying to be the the voice of reason yeah a little bit of sass a little bit of bossiness it's (laughs) it's you guys are not wrong i am (laughs) similar to zazu you know, uh, when I was a kid, and there was a, a lyric in that one where, where Zazu's saying, like, if this is where the monarchy is headed, count me out. 
When I was a kid, I thought he was talking about an actual key. Monarchy. Oh, a monarchy. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Because I didn't know what monarchy meant. That's funny. Sure. <laughs> um, for me, um, my favorite musical moment has to be the Circle of Life. I definitely like. It's just so complete and and total. It's there's a reason why I was in the trailer. It was just so perfect. Yeah. Like. Yeah. All the animals, all the the vocalizations, and it's just so good. Um, there's one song that I also want to just throw out honorable mention, but it's actually not in the film. It was actually um, written. It was cut later, and I think added to the Broadway musical. And uh, that's um, "He Lives in You." Um, Special shout out to that one because it's all it was came out in like another album later on called like Rhythm of the Pride Lands. Oh, okay. Like uh, yeah, this one that included like a bunch of like the scores and chants and stuff like that. A really good song. I think it actually also included that cuts uh, Warthog song. Oh maybe. Yeah, so that one included like Warthog Rhapsody is what it was called. Um, but I really enjoyed this this album and like the He Lives in You was later on used in Lion King two. But it was like used in Broadway, uh, initially sung by Samuel E. Wright, who did Sebastian. Hmm, so nice. it's just like it's really good. I ended up using the song when I was working at, at camp. Um, I actually used it for like a music video that I created for the kids, and but then I don't know. I I turned it into like um, sort of like a story with with it. So it just means a lot to me as well. So right. I just, yeah, I really love that one, and it just works so well with the, uh, that one just works so well with the theming and like the reflection and stuff. So yeah. I really like that song too. <laughs> Makes sense. Just a special shout out because I love it mm-hmm. so much, and I probably won't get a chance to talk about Lion- further Lion King stuff for years to come. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now, the least favorite moment. Now we get to Brandon's favorite section. <laughs> of where he gets to nitpick at what he doesn't like. <laughs> I think my only real downside for this film is the reliance on like plot convenience. Like mm. Nala just happens to find that one thing, that one warthog. Um, the dust happens to fly to Rafiki. Like it's cool, but there's a lot of like just utter convenience that happens in the film. Um, the lightning striking, turning everything to fire. Like, of course there's lightning. There's not rain yet, but there's lightning. And then like, of course the rain comes after it's like, how convenient we can rain, like rebuild the pride land. It's, I think like the worst thing this movie has going for it is plot convenience, but that's not necessarily like a bad thing. Mm-hmm. All right, Sarah, do you have a, um, do you have a least favorite moment? Yes. And it's not because I don't want it to be in the movie because it's important, but just because it hurts me when Mufasa dies. Mm, yep. <laughs> it's just very yeah, sad. So, so, so this is in line with your Toy Story 2 least favorite as well. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, important, it's like, and I want it to be there, but it me, hurts. It gives me emotions, and I can't stand all these emotions. Yeah, <laughs> I'm emotional enough without your help, Disney. Like, <laughs> Uh yeah. Um now for me, 
for a least favorite. Um, hmm. Maybe it's just it. Huh. I th I think I'm gonna go with Brand one of Brandon's nitpicks and the fact that like. Scar didn't just kill, Simba. That is frustrating. Mm -hmm. Like it would have made sense. Like, mm hmm. Like like part of me wants to be like, oh, he didn't want to get his hands dirty, but then like five minutes earlier he killed his own brother. Yeah. So, yeah, he already got his hands yeah. dirty. There's no reason for him to let Simba go. Mm -hmm. In fact, it would make everything much easier on him if he didn't let Simba go. Yeah. So, like, uh, yeah, that's a bad one. All right. So on to our most favorite, B-Dog. Uh, it's the Wildebeest Stampede. Uh, particularly or specifically because of how it looked in 3d in the theaters uh mm -hmm. it was incredible it was good it was like watching titanic in theaters like you know like i've seen titanic over 500 times in my life at this point probably more than like way more than that but like seeing it in theaters is much 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 different like you feel it better and the wildebeest mm -hmm. stampede, like coming down, you could like feel the vibration of like the big speakers and stuff. It mm -hmm. was it was an experience more than it was just like a regular movie. Um, so it's got to be the wildebeest stampede. Yeah, that's a really good moment. And then you also include like the perfect camera work for it. Yeah, and the focuses, and then the scoring as well with the chants at the same time. It's just brings such a captivating and Im immersive scene yeah all right sarah uh i really like when mufasa comes from the heavens to talk to simba uh, it also makes makes me feel a lot of feelings but i think it's very cool and i like it it's very powerful hmm. it is yeah and yeah, that's such a good one, and I, I again, it's just it, it was just shot. Be that one was just shot really well too, and it's just like you just mm -hmm. feel the pure connection that yeah. he has when he's just essentially talking to his heart. Yeah, yeah. That he did that he was closing off for years. Yeah. Um, for me, I think like. I'm almost going to agree with Sarah there, but I also like, I really like the climax further on. So mm -hmm. like, it's just really fun moments with like the, with the sidekicks as well. And mm -hmm. the, just like the, but, oh, oh, I really like the moments, the moment where Scar is essentially backed into a corner, but not literally, but like when he's like, sees like, oh, there's Simba here. Crap. What do I do? So then he like immediately like adapts or tries to adapt in that situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that leads to like, Oh, but do they know what you did? It's just like his charisma, his charisma and his conniving definitely are shown in that, in those moments. Hmm. And he has, I think he hadn't had to use those for years. Yeah. To be, cause he already had power. So then it's just like, Oh crap. I need I need to do this. 
What can I do? Yeah. Oh, here's here's an oh, here's a a flaw, a weakness in Simba. I'll ex- I'll try to exploit that. Mm-hmm. And then you get the score with the building intensity and leading to the explosion of conflict, which just really worked for me. Yeah. All right. Um. So yeah, that is all of our stuff. So we have to get our rankings now so we have to do our letter grades brandon uh lion king is a classic there's really nothing else you could say about it solid a Mm -hmm. yeah all right sarah do you go a a minus or a plus that i think those are the only three options with (laughs) lion king a plus it's just great (laughs) it's a classic it's fun yeah i think i have to agree um Lion King might not be as much my favorite anymore, like to go to at all times, but I still have to give it an A plus because cinematically, artistically, lyrically, musically, character wise, plot wise, there's not really any. The only thing that you could do to improve it is cast less less white people. True. That's although that's the primary. Although, Fair. didn't they try that? And it wasn't that great. But that's because they tr- they did not do stylistically. They like that's the only thing that that could have been done at the time to improve this movie. Fair, yeah, yeah, true. Like, I know it was ninety four, and Hollywood was so whitewashed they just didn't give a crap. Only in ninety four, but. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's still pretty bad. Wasn't but... it only like last year the Hollywood Foreign Press Association was 100% white people? <laughs> this is why we don't trust the Golden Globes. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yes, Hollywood is still really whitewashed, but. Yes. Yeah. You know, people are starting to get woke. They're trying. Some Starting of them. to. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I guess Hollywood's also realizing, hey, all these other races, all these other, you know, nationalities and people, they have money too. Maybe we should cater to them. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> it is. Yeah, that is the problem. It all comes down to money. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we have two A pluses and an A for Lion King. Yep. Now, Brandon... We have to ask you this question, and right now there's a sliver of hope. <laughs> Are you a Disney fan yet? Uh, this is probably the closest you've gotten so far, but like I'm still not looking forward to the next movie, so I'm not sure if I could. I don't even know what our next sure? movie is. You you probably might enjoy the, the next one. The next one is Monsters Incorporated. Oh, you know, I did like Monsters, Inc. when I was younger, but I haven't seen it. I've seen Monsters University when it came out, um, mm. but I haven't seen Monsters, Inc. That's... in years. Uh, that, I like that that is the way it is. I like that you're going to see it for the first time in a long time because it'll be like seeing it for the first time again. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm, like I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure the last time I saw Monsters, Inc. was like when we got it on DVD for the first time, which was shortly after it came out on DVD because it wasn't even a DVD that I watched a lot. So it's not like a, not like a Titanic where I'd watch it like a million times. It just sat Mm -hmm. in the 
book we had. So like yeah. I yeah. have not seen Monsters Inc. since I was like since it came out pretty much. So that would be 2002 to 2003 approximately. Yeah, that sounds about right. Holy wow. 20 years ago. <laughs> That's uh that sucks. I'm turning 30 like later this month. I'm not happy about it. I mean, I'm oh, like yeah, I, I'm not like upset baby. about it, but it's just yeah. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I still have until June at least, but I, it's on my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm gonna oh, do. You, you spring chickens, you two. <laughs> All right, so Sarah, where can our loyal fans reach us? You can reach us on Instagram at makingadisneyfan.pod. Please comment, like, save, share, DM us, whatever you want to do. Interact with us. Help us get those algorithms happy uh and we want to hear from you you can also find us on spotify and apple podcasts please rate review leave us a note we just really love to hear from you guys so please feel free to do so all right so until next time i have been zach ttfn tata for now i've been brandon Help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. Good night, everybody. And I'm Sarah. Just keep swimming. All of our artwork is created by Becca Riley. You can go find her on Instagram at Becca Riley Art, spelled B-E-C-C-A-R-E-I-L-L-Y Art. Our theme song was written and performed by Marcus Beveridge. You can listen to more of his music on Instagram at Marcus.and.sarah.music, performing alongside me, your favorite Making a Disney fan lady. We hope you'll come back for our next episode soon. What are you drinking? Yeah, your microphone is picking up every swallow of your drink. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's, You're like holding your mic microphone. to your neck like a beatboxer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Making a Disney Fan. We hope to see you next time. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow.